Thank you for joining us on our weekly podcast here at Grace Point. Today we will hear an inspirational word from our lead pastor, Lanny Troller. Ezekiel chapter 47, starting with the first verse, the Bible said, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. The he that Ezekiel is referring to is God. God brought Ezekiel back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits and he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep, waters in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river when I returned there along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the, the eastern region and goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed and it shall be that every living thing that moves, whatever the river goes or wherever the river goes, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish uh, live, excuse me, there will be a very great multitude of fish because their waters uh, go there. For they will be healed and everyone will live whithersoever the river goes. It shall be that the fishermen will stand by it from Edom uh, to England. Then will they be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea exceedingly many, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt along the bank of the river on the side, and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They, wet, they will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for medicine. I'm going to speak. The reason I, I asked Sister Juanita to, to sing that song tonight is because it goes along with the title of this message. And I want to preach to you briefly by the Lord's help and through the direction of the Holy Spirit on a thought entitled, There is a River. Amen. Stretch your hand this way and pray the anointing of God. Father, we love you. We worship you. We magnify you. We thank you for the privilege and such it is. To be able to come into your house to worship you in spirit and Father, we just ask that you move in a mighty, powerful way tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost, God, just reach down in this place and let it touch, God, every life that is here. Lord, we have come tonight for a time of discipleship. We have come for a time of training. We have come, Father, to hear from heaven. And so we ask, God, that you would speak, Father God. 
Lord, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say unto your church. Lord, as you touch every heart and every life and minister unto every need. But Father, in all that we do, let it bring honor and glory and praise unto your name. So with clarity of thought and excellence of speech, without prejudice or compromise, let your word go forth sharper than any two-edged sword. Not by might or power, but only by your Spirit. Hide me behind the cross. Anoint me with an anointing that I may preaching easy. And Lord, for this I give you the honor and all the praise and the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus, the Lord's people said amen, amen. and amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Glory, hallelujah. The waters flowed from under the threshold of the house eastward. The threshold of the door of the most holy place so that they seemed to take their rise from the holies of holies the seat of the divine majesty and throne of the living God. Revelations 22 and 1 speaks even to this effect. And so the writer also says that this fountain came first from the house of the holies of holies uh, under the threshold of the door of it which looked to the east uh, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house. They are said to have come down because the temple was high, built upon the top of a mountain, and from under that is the threshold of the door, rather, uh, in the passages thereof, till they appeared from under uh, that, that, that threshing hold. And this was on the right side of the house, that is, on the south side of the temple. Listen, the flowing of the river leads to the measuring of the depths of the water at four levels. The first is to the ankle, the second is to uh, the knees, the third is to the waist, and the fourth is uh, waters that he could not swim in. These measurings, in my opinion and others, refer to four remarkable seasons of, of the ministry. Number one, it's during a time of John the Baptist and the disciples of Christ before his death. Number two, in the primitive churches of the three first centuries. Number three, at the time of the Reformation, and number four, in the latter-day glory, which is the fourth and last measuring. The last measuring of the water is where I believe and most believe we are today. As the Spirit of God has been poured out upon all flesh and given to the last day's church to proclaim the power of the gospel to a sin-sick, dying world. As with Ezekiel, so it remains true today. Whatever this river touches shall live. Whatever this river touches shall have life and shall have it in abundance. I want to talk to you about a river that won't run dry. I want to talk to you about a river, amen, in which the word of God said would be within his church. I want to talk to you about a river that I believe is key uh, to a fundamental breakthrough within the religious circle uh, that will usher in a power, uh, the power of God uh, and the spirit of revival like we've never seen. Amen. Did you know that God has said that he would in the last day? for out of his spirit upon all flesh. I don't know about you, but I believe that we are living not only in the last days, but in the last moments, in the last minutes of the last days in which Christ is about to come and receive his church home. I believe that with all of my heart. I don't only believe it because the book has said it. I believe it because the signs of the time are pointing toward the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but before he comes, he has commissioned his church. Amen. To go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. We see in the word of God, amen, that there must be a hearing of the word by every nation, every creed, and every tongue. Amen. If God was to choose a nation, our people who failed to hear the word of God and condemned them to hell because they did not receive Christ, he would, he would be an unjust God. But I'm here to let you know God is a just God. And through satellite, and through television, and through missionary, and through radio, and through word, amen, this message is going around the world, and it is transforming lives, amen, old things being passed away, and behold, all things becoming new. The message of the cross is still as powerful today as it was in the days of old. The message that John preached, in which he declared, I am not worthy to unloose the, the, the sandals in which he, in which he wears. Behold, the Lamb of God, the Redeemer of the world, is still the same message in which the church must declare today. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We see in the word of God, amen, the Bible has said, amen, that Ezekiel was taken to a place, amen, by the Spirit of God. He stood at the church or the house of God. I want you to know there's something about God's house. I said there's something about the house of God. The presence of God is in the house of God. Come on, somebody. And the Bible said that he saw a river flowing from the south side of the altar. Amen. Under the threshing floor of the door of the house of God. The Bible said he watched this, this water as it flowed into a river. A river, amen, in a land in which the Bible said was a desolate land, a dead land. A land that had no life. And it flowed into the Dead Sea. But the Bible said whether, whithersoever that river went, things began to live. The Bible said wherever that river flowed, things become alive. When it flowed into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea had a revival. It was no longer a Dead Sea. As a matter of fact, uh, he said the fish that were in there begin to live uh, because whithersoever the, the river flows, uh, amen, it shall live. Now I'm here to let you know tonight, uh, I'm a firm believer that God has declared that he's going to pour out of his spirit. Uh, amen, and the church needs to be ready. The church needs to be open. The church needs to wait with great anticipation of what God is doing. And while we wait, we must seek him until we find him. We must knock until it's open unto us. Amen. We must ask until we receive. Come on here, somebody. I'm talking about an end time revival. That's not going to come through show, uh, show business. It's not going to come, uh, Elder Bird, uh, through a program. It's not going to come through mere talent. It's not going to come through fancy means. Amen. Or money. It's going to come when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and begin to pray. Amen. I'm letting you know tonight uh, God said there is a river uh, and it's flowing. It's a river amen that the word of God has declared uh, has been uncorked uh, and it starts at the mercy seat of God uh, and it works its way into humanity. Uh, I'm telling you tonight uh, God has said that river is flowing uh, and we need to make sure uh, that Satan does not damn it up. Briefly, briefly, 
I want to talk to you about the full effects of the river happening in our lives. And the full effects of the river happens when it starts at the altar. When it starts at the altar. Ezekiel 47 and 1. Lord, I should have cleaned these glasses. Ezekiel 47 and 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east and the waters were flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. The question of many pastors and members in the church today, including myself, has been, what can be implemented into the church's program to draw people to the house of God and, to, and more so even to the kingdom of God? I feel that God has shown me the answer to that as I prepared this message, and that is the river of God flowing. Amen. The river of God moving within the church. I can't tell you how many times, Brother Vic, I've gotten texts and calls, uh, messages, uh, private messages on Facebook that has said to me either from evangelists or missionaries or even uh, church folks that, 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 that contact me that have said to me, Pastor, thank you for allowing the Spirit of God to, be, to, to, to operate within the church. Amen. And, and when I get those messages, I, I, I respond, to God be all the glory. But in my mind, I am thinking, why is there an option to this? At what point has the church come to the place where we've decided that the Spirit of God does not have the right or the authority to move and to minister in the way that the Spirit of God wants to minister? Have we gotten so egotistical in our ever-learning uh, experience and growing in knowledge and growing in purpose to believe that somehow, someway, along the way, we have the right to dictate to God whether or not God can move in his house. It gets me just a little bit upset. A little righteous indignation rises up within my spirit I have four boys I love them you know how I feel about my boys they're my babies they can be 120 they can be 20 make no difference they're mine the fact of the matter is what I have they're welcome too amen As a matter of fact AJ after he got married and, and hadn't in a while but for a while there he'd come over and grab a Walmart bag out from under the sink and he'd go to my pantry and load up on groceries if he, needed some, if he needed a certain pan out of, our, out of our pantry to make something, he'd take our pans. And I'd be fussing the whole time. What are you doing? But I don't have this. Well, now I don't have this. All right. But he knew because it belonged to dad and because it belonged to mom that he had a right to her. At least he thought he did. And more times than not if his mama has her way he walks out with that stuff but I said all of that to say this they walk in they all have keys to my house I make the payments on the mortgage I pay the light bills I put the food in the, in the cupboards by the mercies and the grace of God 
I cover all the expenses that are covered. And they live and they abide. I tell them, you know, because they'll get in arguments with one another. And they'll say, this is mine. And I said, nothing's yours. You own nothing. The clothes you're wearing is mine. The food you ate is mine. The bed you're sleeping in is mine. The air you're breathing is mine. When you have a job in your own house, then it's yours. Until then, it's mine. Come on, somebody. All right? And the fact of the matter is, with that said, if they try to give me orders in my house, as if I need to listen to what they have to say, now I respect them. I appreciate their opinion until I don't. And then when it comes down to it, Sister Colleen, I look at him and say, thank you. Now I'm going to do it my way because it's my house. Now I said all of that to say this. If this is the house of God, who are we to dictate the terms to what God is allowed to do in his house? Do we believe that we have been so far removed from, the, uh, from God's anointing in our life that we can operate and function without the unction? I believe many do. But I declare it tonight, unless God built this building, we labor in vain. Unless the power of God and the river of God flows through this house, we become nothing more than a sounding brass and a tingling symbol. I'm going to preach it if it makes the devil mad. I'm here to let you know as long as this preacher is the pastor of the Grace Point Church of God, the Spirit of God will have full liberty in this house to move as he sees fit. He will have the freedom, amen, to operate in the lives of whosoever he desires to touch. It's not my responsibility to get them saved. It's the Spirit of God that'll draw them unto an altar of repentance. And the only way that the power of God will be revealed in the church is if the river of God is flowing. And that river begins when people of God call upon the name of the Lord. Hey. Hey. The Bible didn't say it started at the platform. The Bible didn't say it started with the praise team. The Bible didn't say it started with good preaching. The Bible said that that river started at the altar. If we want to see a move of the Spirit of God personally, individually, and then corporately, then we are going to have to get back to a place where we pray, where we earnestly seek God. How long has it been since you've been hunkered over until literally your guts feel like they were going to burst out of you? A calling upon the name of the Lord and crying out, God save my family, save my children, save my community, send revival to this nation. How long has it been since we've humbled ourselves to the place where we've declared God, I'll not move from this place of intercession until you move in the lives of those that are around me. God, I'm not talking about a new car. I'm not talking about a new house. I'm not talking about a bigger bank account. I'm talking about life and death. I'm talking about heaven and hell. God, you got to send a move of the Holy Ghost. And if the river starts at the altar, I'm at the altar. Let it start here. Hey. Mark chapter 11 
15 through 17. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught saying them, is it not written my house should be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you made it a den of thieves. You made it a den of thieves. The emphasis was not put Amen. Upon even the number are put upon the gathering as much as it was put upon the priority of prayer. Now, to understand this in context, we must know that the money changers spoke of here, they weren't selling popcorn and cotton candy. They were selling, they were selling sacrifices, turtle doves, lambs, goats. Amen. And they were making a profit. Amen. Off of, the, off of the offerings that were being offered unto the Lord. I want you to hear me today. Amen. And Jesus, only a few times in the scripture, was so um, upset over things that he flipped over tables and whipped them out. And he said, the reason for this is you've made this a business rather than a place of prayer. Come on, somebody. I want you to know I thank God for every dime that comes into this place, Brother Andy. I thank God for every man and, and woman, boy and girl that sows seed into this kingdom, into this ministry for the kingdom. But Brother Bob, I'm not bought by what folks give. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm not swayed. You know, I've heard of people that have threatened to starve the pastor out. But I'm going to let you know something. Uh, amen. This is just me. Ain't nobody in here said that. I know maybe you have. I don't know it. I don't, but I'm telling you, this is how I feel about it. Uh, amen. What God has called me to do, you didn't give it. Uh, and you can't take it away. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, therefore, amen, if, if one decides uh, uh, they're, they're going to starve me out, uh, have at it. Maybe God doesn't want that kind of time to start with. Amen. Uh, uh, the fact of the matter is uh, uh, what God has called us to do supersedes. Uh, amen. Any financial rewards that can be given. Uh, amen. You cannot. Uh, amen. Implement the, the river flowing in the lives of the people. Uh, amen. Through a payday. Uh, what you implement it through uh, is through prayer meeting. Uh, amen. Through calling upon the name of the God. Uh, amen. To teaching people uh, how to pray. Uh, uh, Jesus said, Stop making money uh, in the house of God uh, and start praying. I've often said prayer is the umbilical cord between us and God. For the true test of a Christian is not how much they do, but is defined by how much they pray. Ephesians 6 and 18 said, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the, to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Philippians 4 and 6. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. The effects of the river will happen when we yield to the current. Number two, when we yield to the current. Ezekiel 47 and 5 said, Again he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Somebody say too deep. 
Amen. Too deep water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. The development of this message, and Brother Mark can confirm what I'm saying because he was actually there when I spoke to him. But the development of this message began when I was at Teen Challenge uh, Thursday, two weeks ago. Pouring myself into the men of that house. I reminded them that they had arrived at the place that they were at because of drug and alcohol addiction. Some in trouble with the law and their lives in disarray simply because up until that point they had been trying to do things their own way. I don't pull punches with folks like that. I just ask them, well, how's that working out? Right? How's, how's that working out for you? Hmm. The fact of the matter is God must be in control of our lives. When we are in control of our own lives, uh, humanity and this admatic nature has a tendency to make a mess of things. I promise you, if you try to do it within yourself, I'm preaching to this preacher, I'm, I'm letting you know. If I try to do it myself, I'm going to blow it every time. Right? Can anybody affirm what I'm saying tonight? The fact of the matter is, Ezekiel started out in waters up to his ankles, then his knees, and then his waist, and eventually waters deep enough to swim in. Reality check. If God's your co-pilot, then you're in the wrong seat. As long as the prophet's feet could touch bottom, he was in control. We must get deep enough to be at the mercy of the current and allow the river or the spirit of God to take control. Huh? Where will it take you? I have no idea. But the Bible said he knows the beginning from the end. He said the work that he has begun in you, he will complete. Why? Because he already knows what the completion looks like. Are you with me? They started out, that river was flowing, and whithersoever that river uh, touched, it lived. So there was life in that river. You could come in here on Wednesday night, and you can get uh, uh, ankle deep and, and leave here and say, man, I feel like I can, you know, whip a few devils this week. And you probably can. You could get in here on Wednesday night and get knee deep. And you may get to the point where you say, whoa. I feel like I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. And you possibly could. You can get waist deep and before you know it, you may be in a full-fledged revival. But understand me. As long as you're ankle deep, knee deep, or waist deep, your feet is still attached to the ground. You are still resisting, even if you don't realize you're resisting the flow of that current in your life. Come on. But the Bible said, I mean, when that water gets, when you get out to a place where that water is so deep that your feet no longer can touch, that puts you into the mercy of, uh, of that current. I, I think I've shared this story here before. But I remember a time I was in Missouri and I was with my dad and we were cutting wood for a living. And we had got, man, it was hot. I'm talking about it was, it was, it was almost as hot as it is out here. And humid. We was in the woods cutting wood. Mosquitoes was, was trying to haul us off. 
I mean, I, I reached over with the chainsaw and had a mosquito hold it for me. I'm telling just huge mosquitoes. And I mean, it was just hot. We've been out there working, throwing wood all day. And, 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 and coming back from the woods, we was in the Ozarks, and coming back from the woods, uh, we come by a river in Missouri. And if you're familiar with that area, you probably heard of it. It's called Current River. And that river lives up to its name. It has a strong current about it. Well, I'm a, I'm a pretty good swimmer. Even now, I can swim pretty well. And Brother Vic, we decided we were going to stop and cool off. So the guy that we were working with, Jesse by name, uh, he, he always liked to, to challenge us. I mean, we'd take, we'd take tires and see who could hold, hold them over our heads the longest and things. You know how guys do. You, you remember, you know, being, being those, those people. And, and so he said, he said, if you can jump off of that, that, that oak tree over there and swim across, I bet I can. And I said, well, I know I can do it. I ain't sure you can. And so he said, let's try. So we had uh, shimmied up this tree. Now I'm telling Current River lives up to its name. And we shimmied up the tree and I went first. And, and you know, dad and them was right here on the other side. They were, they were right there, you know. But by the time I got uh, across to the other side, man, I was a, a good quarter of a mile down from where dad and them was. But I just, I just swam across and let that current do what it was going to do. I wasn't fixing to fight the current, get out there and get a cramp and then go under it. Jesse was not quite as uh, uh, logical in his thinking. I didn't know if he didn't want to walk the quarter mile or what. But he decided he was going to try to stay straight across from my dad and them and fight that current. About midway through, I seen him, I seen him start grasping for air. About midway through, I seen him, seen him start cramping up. About mid midway through, I thought he's going to drown. And finally, finally, somehow he beat against that current for so long, he finally got across to the point where, really and truthfully, as, as hard as I couldn't do nothing for him. Amen. We didn't have any rope or anything like that. But he finally beat against that current for so long, he made it to the other side. When he got out, he was spent. He was tired. He was give out. He was, he was choked up by the water. Amen. He couldn't stand it. And he said, man, we got to go. I got to go home. I got to rest. Somebody else has got to drive. Amen. What are you saying, preacher? If you fight against this current long enough, if you fight against the things that God is trying to do in your life long enough, amen, you'll find out eventually that, that, that you're too weak for the current, that that current will become an obstacle for you rather than a blessing. If he'd have utilized that current to help him get to the other side, amen, he could have got over there, been refreshed, and been okay. He would have had to make up a little ground, but he'd have been all right. The fact of the matter is, amen, the devil wants us to fight against the Spirit of God because he knows if we fight against the spirit of God, then we will succumb unto the ideal of it being a weight that easily besets us. Amen. I'm here to let you know if we will surrender ourselves unto the spirit of God and the current of the water that's flowing in our lives. Amen. That God will put us to the bank and to the shore that he has called us to. And there will be purpose and there will be promise when we get to the other side. Come on, somebody. Not only will there be purpose and promise, but he said there will be life and there will be life in abundance hmm. Hmm. Romans 8 and 14 said for as many are led by the spirit of God they are the sons of God Psalms 143 and 10 the psalmist said teach me to do your will for you are my God your, your spirit is good lead me in the land of uprightness 
We must submit to the influences and the control of the Spirit of God. All Christians submit to his, I want you to catch this, all Christians submit to his influence. And all sinners decidedly reject it and they oppose it. The influence of the spirit of follow will lead every man to heaven. But when neglected, rejected, or despised, man is sure to be damned. The glory belongs to the conducting spirit. When man is saved, the fault is man's when he is lost. The apostle here does not agitate the question how it is that the people of God are led by the spirit or why they should yield to it when others resist the design is simply to state the fact that is they who are thus led are the sons of God or they who are led by the spirit of God have kinship with God. They have kinship with God. Isaiah 48 and 17 says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit, who leads you by the way you should go. Amen. It's God that does it. It's God that does it. The full effects of the river happens when, number three, we open our eyes. We open our eyes. Ezekiel 47 and 6 said, He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Let me ask the, let me ask the question. When you, when you look around at what God is doing at Grace Point, what do you see? What has your eyes attached itself to? What vision have you caught? Huh? Now trust me, the, the, the enemy is constantly just beating on the door of God's kingdom trying to bring division among the saints. Trying to blind them to the true things, Brother Bob, of God. Hello. I mean, when I, when I look around Grace Point, I see growth. I see a spiritual refreshing. I see a, a revival spirit that is uh, renewing people. I, I see an excitement in lives of some that I've not seen that excitement in in the time that I have been here. I, I, I hear rumors, amen, and, and, and the rumbling of the mulberry tree, if you would, uh, of folks outside of Grace Point that are hearing about what others are seeing in the church. And you're hearing testimonies beyond uh, the four walls of this church if, if you get out and listen to folks uh, and witness to folks. Oh, I've heard of that church. I heard there's some things going on in that church. Amen. I, I heard you're seeing folks healed. I, I hear you're seeing folks saved. I hear you're seeing folks filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all still believe in speaking in tongues? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Amen. I, I, this is what I see. I see, I see a, a revitalization. Amen. Of uh, 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 experiences within the lives and the families of this local church amen listen the fact of the matter is we have to be careful uh, what's what's that old what's that old thing careful little eyes what you see careful little ears what you hear and 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 careful careful little mouth what you say huh the fact of the matter is uh, nine times out of ten ministry is about perception because see, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, you have to have the right spirit to be able to see things clearly. Come on, come on. So what's that mean, preacher? If you look around and you see nothing but negative, you ain't got the right spirit. I'm going to get back up here. 
Huh? But if you look around, listen, listen, the Bible said that the king of Syria sent his army out against the prophet. Amen. God had, God had been uh, tattling on uh, the king when he was in bed. He'd, he'd draw up war plans. And God would tattle on him to, to the prophet. Amen. And Elijah would go and tell the king of Israel what was going on. And the, and the king of Syria got mad and he said, I'm going to kill the traitor that's done this. And the fact of the matter is, the, the, the generals of the army said to him, said, King, it's that prophet over in Israel. You, you discuss things behind closed doors and, and in your bedroom. And, and his God tells him, and he goes and tells the king on you. And so he said, well, go kill him. Take, take as many men as you want to. And the Bible said that, that they did. They marched against, I think it was 800, if I'm not mistaken. 800 men marched against uh, Elijah. Amen. And the Bible said that the, the uh, prophet's servant come out. Amen. And uh, his armor bearer, if you would. And I, I visualize this for some reason. I have a little house on the prairie view of this. So just, just that, that's how my mind operates. And so I, I, I see this, this servant come out on the porch. And this army, this great army is before him. And, and he's scared. You know how many times 800 are going to one? As many times as it wants to. All right, that's, that's just the way it is. And so he, he's standing there and he's afraid. And Elijah walks out, or Elijah walks out. And he said, he said, Master, he said, they're going to kill us. And Elijah just shook his head and he said, God, open his eyes that he can see they that are for us are greater than those that are against us. And when the eyes, amen, of his servant was open, he sent a host of angels and camped about them that, that were too many to number. I'm here to let you know if you'll, if you'll ask God to open your eyes. He said, what do you see? Open your eyes so you can comprehend the things that I am doing right before your eyes. We understand that this river is symbolic of Israel becoming a nation. All right? So, so we, we understand uh, the history that's connected, the context of the scripture. But from the spiritual aspect of this, God was, God was telling Ezekiel, man, there's nothing too hard for me. He is saying what is dead today normally takes years upon years upon years to bring back to life. But he said, I'm going to bring a river into the, into the land of Israel that will cause that, that nation not to be birthed over a period of time, but to be raised up in a day. And isn't that what God did? And isn't that what God did? God is saying to you and I that this, isn't an, a, this is not a tomorrow thing. This is not a 10 year down the road thing. God is raising it up in your life today. God is doing this today. Right now, God is, is sending this river into our lives, uh, amen, to, to bring life uh, and to bring it more abundantly. Say amen. All right. And the conclusion as I get some, come on, Sister Juanita, and help me. The actor and writer, the actor, writer, and poet, John Haywood, said in 1546 AD, there are none so blind as those who will not see. The prophet Jeremiah penned it this away. And he said, hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes to see and see not. And who have ears to hear and hear not. In Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 21. We all say we want to experience the river flowing in our lives. 
and how much we want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost transforming our homes, family, churches, and community. Well, open your eyes. I'm telling you, if, if, if the ones that are here tonight will see clearly the things that God is doing, then there wouldn't be a devil in hell that would keep us from allowing God to do it in us. Open your eyes. When our eyes are open, God will change our perspective. When Ezekiel's eyes were opened, he no longer saw a desolate land. When his eyes were opened, he no longer saw a defeated people. But he saw life. And he saw revival. All because he opened his eyes. Ezekiel's saw a wasteland of defeated people. Nevertheless, with a clear view of God's plan, he saw a dry, barren land transformed into a flourishing, profitable land that flowed with milk and honey. Only when he opened his eyes could he experience the full benefits, the full benefit of that river flowing. Ezekiel 47 and 9, it shall be that every, every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. I'm ready to see some things come to life, don't you? Thanks again for joining us this week. For more information about Grace Point Church, or if you would like to contact us, please visit www.pascochurch.com.